why don't you go ahead and whisper in your lover's ear because it is Natch 85. Text the Soundhawk 303-548-6877. Welcome. I am the Soundhawk. He is the Soundhawk. He's your Soundhawk. You are Deridus. I am Deridus. Deridus Delis. Excuse me. Because that's how you pronounce detritus. Yep. And your life is full of digital Deridus. Yep. And opportune moment to shove half a bar in your face. (laughs) I just need to see you hit record. Why don't I go ahead and uh, I got a correction for us. We had some lovely uh, uh, intermission music last episode. I think the song was called Need Your Love. No. Mm. Call My Name. I thought it should be called Need Your Love. Call My Name. And it's by Matt Costa. I said Matt Acosta. But I think I, think I know why. Because I was straight up accosted by the beauty of that song. Oh, boy. That's bad. That's not bad. That's good. That's like a pun. I know. I like puns. Hold on. I need your love. I need your love so badly. Just to remind the people what we're talking about. I need your love. That's such a good song. I felt really bad for... I felt bad for messing up that dude's name. So sorry, Matt Costa. Isn't that pretty good? You do a pretty good Matt Costa impression. I need your love. I need your love so badly. It's like he's in the room. Matt Costa. So I'm glad we cleared that up. Are we going to have more um, interlude music this episode? We have some amazing interlude. Man, I am loving Intermission music yeah. for today's episode. I'm loving it. If it's, if it's your first time listening, hey. Welcome. Welcome to Natch. The you nicer, can, softer Natch. Yeah, we're going to be nicer this week. Boy, we've been mad at each other for a while. Just a I lot think of, I know uh, why, though. I think I know why. Why? Biz, Natch Studio. Business is booming. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, there's but, a lot going on. I, so okay. <laughs> so it just it just bleeds. I just a was about bit. to say something that wasn't nice. I was right there. I just went to it. And what I'm were you gonna, gonna say? Nope. No. Gonna no hold, you no. know what? No. We, we need to exercise these demons if we're gonna have a nice episode. I was gonna say some of us can handle that pressure and some of us can't. Well, some of us have more to do right now <laughs> than others. Some of us are under a little more pressure. Trying to help. <laughs> no, you're very helpful. I am reactionary. I'll admit that. Yeah. It's hilarious. Hey, we got to get that edit out. Uh, it's supposed to be out tomorrow. Huh? Ah, my kids are sick. I can't do this. Oh, that's an exaggeration. I'm sorry. No, that's not what happened. You said... No, that was an exaggeration. What? But that's a misrepresentation of what happened. Okay. Go ahead and correct it. Well, no, you said uh, they're expecting it to come in just over an hour, but you meant they're expecting the length of what we're producing to come in at just over an hour. Mm-hmm. But it was this weird thread from you where like, here's the plan. And before I even replied, you're like, glad you're on board. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. I didn't agree to this. And then you said that. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. I can't no, finish I, all these I, edits in an hour. Oh, it's, here it comes. It's all just right, a misunderstanding. Exercise the demons. It's just, it's communicating by text and not having an office. Yeah, it's a modern problem, buddy. It is a modern problem. Hey, doesn't mean I don't love you. <laughs> hey, back at you. See, but you can't say it. You're like Sam Wheat in Ghost. You can only so say you know, ditto. Because oh, you're too macho. Love you too. Oh, look at that. <laughs> His face. Um. You should have storied that. The reason why I said, hey, glad you're on board, is I think I tried at least twice, if not three times, like, can we get together, or should we get together and meet? Nothing. Crickets. Oh, that. Okay, which, that makes which, sense. Which, I'm not an idiot. That's like, ah, fuck him. It's not, well, I don't mean it, fuck him. It's no, like, that means that's like... That's just more, I don't need to deal with that. No, it's like, all right, I'll figure out when we can do that, but first, 
I'm going to go wipe my kid's ass for the seventh time this morning. Cause he's yeah, but I didn't know that was happening. I know. So, Hey, I thought that's you were sitting enough, over here doing Vera Vidrasana two and watching old Gregory Peck movies. Uh, I wish it had been in, Zubas. in my, oh my Zubas. All right. I should stop eating. All right. Welcome to Natch. We're going to sort of, um, do some, just little things up front. Just some upfront. Up some appetizers. Let's just call them up fronts. Appetizers. Apps. Some then, we'll, appetizers. then we'll deliver a lovely bit of um, oh, this is the tapas, contemporary the music tapas to section. you. Small plates. Yes, small plates. Everyone loves small plates, right? After that musical interlude, full on news deep dive. Deep dive. That's Food news. Eventually. All right, I got a light touch. Should I finish my bar first? Yeah. That might be good. Uh, some real damn diet advice, huh? This looks like it's coming to us from Sinead O'Connor. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. You also... And I have this tiny screen. You, yeah, you, you perform by looking at the outline on a phone. Well, my computer is indisposed. Anahad O'Connor, up-and-comer in the nutrition game, reporter at the New York Times. I've heard of that. He's taken it to the supplement industry on a few occasions. Young Buck... Has he locked horns with the kingmaker? Ooh, ooh. Soundhawk, what'd you just do? I don't know. My mic got excited. The, this big study of centenarians... Those are people over 100 years old. ...found that inflammation, which responds to diet, is number one predictor of healthy aging. Big study. Big made it metadata thing. They looked at a lot of Asians who live long. Yep. One of them being the... Blue zone people. Tokyo oldest old survey on total health, the tooth survey. <laughs> and they found that not healthy aging and longevity, you know, like a lot of things didn't matter. Boom. Inflammation. That was the key. Tom Brady knows it, right? That's why he doesn't eat nightshades. So Tom Brady's onto something. If you want to structure a diet around some sort of health regimen, pick that. Anti-inflammatory foods. Yeah. Tom Brady, Paleo. I mean, love him or hate him, it seems There's to be overlap. working for him. There's overlaps. Exactly. Right? There's overlaps with all these sort of fat diets and things that come and go. But I thought I'd share with you Dr. Axe's top 15 anti-inflammatory foods. Let me who, hear him. Who is Dr. Ask? Axe? You might axe? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I don't know. Okay. Just a guy on the internet. His, I, he's, I, I, tr- uh, I trusted him for these He's WebMD's cousin. So eat these things. But you know, before I do that, in typical brush fashion, tangent, Dr. Weil in the True Food restaurants. Is it Weil? I always thought it was Wheel. Dr. I know Weil. you did. That's, a, that's based on an anti-inflammatory diet regime. I've heard about that. Go eat there more often. No, I knew that. That's old news, dude. I know. I'm just reminding you. Oh, well, thanks. I knew that. Uh-oh. But we're, I appreciate the reminder. We're getting too nice. Okay. Top 15 foods. Green leafy vegetables. Duh. That was number two. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we're going to alternate? Celery. Beets. Broccoli. Blueberries. Pineapple. That seems acidic to me. Huh. Salmon. Uh-oh. This is the renegade on the list. Bone broth. <clears throat> Walnuts. What? Walnuts. Mm. Walnuts. Coconut, Walnuts. O- Coconut oil. Chia seeds. Flax seeds. Turmeric. Ginger. Ginger. There you go. Dude, I made some chili. It's that simple. I think it was after I saw this list. I was making chili, and 
It's got turmeric and ginger in it. Was this a vegan vegetarian chili? It is vegan. It has some Beyond Meat crumbles, now owned by Tyson. Those are, or not owned, sorry. They bought a 5% stake. Heard that on the news. Look at you. Oh, yeah. Insider. That's not even in the dock. I know. Just in my head. That's a little news nugget bonus for you. Yep. Tyson Foods Listeners. bought 5% of Beyond Beef, Beyond Meat. Are you an heir to the Tyson th- throne? It was big news in our family, yeah. I'm a big believer in you that You guys product, haven't been so. very nice to the poultry for a while. No. But I'm going to be in charge of the meatless division now. Old granddad said I could. <laughs> Old Pappy Tyson. Pappy Tyson. Why he's not making moonshine? Running moonshine through the... There's a lot of that. All right. I got a quick cheese update only because... I Didn't we cover cheese at some point? I think we cut some. Uh, you're full of like really bad puns today. It's my dad puns. I'm a dad. Washington. August 23rd, 2016, the U.S. Department of, this is a press release, uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, today announced plans to purchase approximately 11 million pounds of cheese. How many? 11 million. 11 million. Pounds of cheese from private, I got something in my throat. (laughs) From private inventories to assist food banks and pantries across the nation while reducing a cheese surplus that is at its highest level in 30 years. The purchase, valued at $20 million, will be provided to families in need across the country through USDA nutrition assistance programs while assisting the stalled marketplace for dairy producers whose revenues have dropped 35% over the past two years. Interesting. I saw... We're buying a buttload of cheese to prop up the cheese market. Well, I saw a report on the news... uh, Tax dollars at work. The other day, talking about how dairy and meat prices were falling in grocery stores. Oh, yeah. But the price of vegetables are going up because of the drought. So the most water-greedy thing, Hmm. like cow products, Hmm. getting cheaper, but there's a drought, so vegetables are getting more expensive. Eggs are getting cheaper, too. Eggs are outrageously cheap right now. Yep. Go buy some eggs. Can you have eggs? No. I wonder if that's partially due to the recent stumbles that uh, old Hampton Creek's taken. Because they remember they were waging war on eggs, and the egg lobby was throwing eggs at them. You remember that? Do you eat eggs? Not a lot. I buy eggs. I prepare eggs for my kids. I, I personally don't eat eggs. All that I can't often. remember if that, that's, te- that's not on a vegan diet, right? No eggs? Eggs would... No, those aren't vegan. I'm not a vegan. What are you then? Well, I eat a lot of salmon. I eat mostly vegan. I'm you, mostly you vegan. Can't, you can't be labeled. I don't want to be labeled. I don't want a dogmatic diet. Yeah. I'm like uh, Brother Spencer Hamilton, just a... Trial and error, find what works. Right now, mostly vegan is working pretty well. Week six of the NFL. Ringing in my ear. Week six, it's time for In in the Face. Welcome to In the Face. Josh's picks for week six. Give us the update. Where do you stand? I wish I had some sound effects of like, you know, gridiron hitting. Like, I mean, we could drop those in. Maybe next week. Look, look, Look who's still in the lead. Ooh. Josh Tyson, 162. Amber DeBalls, 134. You guys have been one and two for what, three weeks now? Yeah, Cody Galloway. I don't care about these. These okay. names aren't good. Amber DeBalls is good. Yeah. Where's in the... In the oh, wait, but... In uh, the bu- these, uh, are, these are, my, these are put this. It in, put it in my end zone. Where, where's He's that still one? pretty low. Oh, damn. But dude, these, uh, these are this week's low. picks, but to, re- to recall last week, you didn't like my Bills pick, Bills won. Didn't like my Raiders pick, Raiders won. The only game, okay. 
I'm just recapping for the good people. I don't. That sounds right. That sounds like me. It does. And the, but the only. Oh, but you picked the Broncos, and that the, I lost well. points. That's the only one I lost points on with the Broncos. Oh. And so um, you had a good week overall. Yeah, but Elias and I were at that game. Yeah, I saw you through one of my wife's clients. We got tickets to the Champions Club, which is like <laughs> where they were. They were like alum. They Pod, were they podcast were, from there. I know there were old running backs. From well, previous years? I mean, it was intense. You, you should have gotten us some studio business. Well, I was about time with my son, Mark. It was not about milking. I see how it is. Maybe next time. That right? explains a lot. I'm sure it does. They have, But they had full, like, food, freed. <laughs> I haven't been able to make <laughs> another free. edit. Free food and drink. My kids are sick. You, okay. You, the you, work never stops. No, you're not going to pass up free tickets to a Bronco game I'm not. in All the right. championship club, so you're, son you're, of a bitch. You're winning. What's the name of the league? Simeon Siemens. Get a load of Simeon. Terrible. Pretty good, actually. So I've, I've picked the Broncos again. Picks for the week. Here's why I picked the Broncos. They're going against the Chargers. Not a historically good team, but kind of a troublesome team sometimes for the Broncos. But the matchups are in our favor. And Coach Kubiak <laughs> had some sort of health issue, which I don't... What happened? Did he have a heart scare? I don't know. Did he? He was. He's in the hospital. He's not going to be at the game, I don't think. Jesus, didn't this happen a couple years ago? Well, who's the coach for... John Fox. Every coach, like every coach, has That's heart Jesus. events or oh. cardiac events. But because he's, they lost last week. They feel bad for letting him down, and now he's sick. They're going to be extra motivated to kick some some a. I like this. I they're, like that. They're, they're going to get in the face, Mark. I like that pick. Uh, I got the Detroit Lions beating the Rams. The mm. Lions had. Uh, mm. Who did they beat last week Maybe. by one point? The Eagles, I think, who are doing phenomenal. Wait a minute. I, last week you. I said the Rams were going to—who did you pick last week? I picked— The Rams the, to lose. Yeah, and they did. You said the oh. Rams—you're like, the Rams are going to win. They play dirty. They, but they, I thought and you I just like, said no. they won by a point. No, I said the Lions. Oh, okay. The Sorry. Lions won against— The Rams lost. Okay. Who did the Lions beat? It wasn't the Eagles. Maybe it was the Eagles. Anyway, I've got the Eagles beating the Redskins. You son of a bitch. I always bet against the Redskins because they need to change their racist ways. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to upset the Packers because they are on a hot streak. Assuming, I don't know if they're going like to put... Broncos isn't racist. It's a horse. It's an animal welfare issue. Okay, that's not a race issue. Uh, I don't know if the Cowboys are playing old T-Romes. Tony Romo, I think he's healthy again. <laughs> if they go with Dak, you were right, it's Dak, not Dak. Yeah, I knew it was Dak. If they go with Dak, I think they're going to beat the, the Packers. The Packers, a little uneven. Seahawks. These I want the fun. Seahawks to beat the Falcons because mm. I don't like the Falcons. Ooh, are they? So if I'm reading this right, the Seahawks are plus six over the Fal- Falcons. Yeah, they're, they're 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 predicted to win and give up six points. Oh, more uh, by six point spread. Mm-hmm. But I think Russell Wilson's feeling better now. Uh, who's he? Who does he date? He's married to Chiara or. Is that? Or I don't know. Cisco, someone? <laughs> there's, it's, it's, and then there's, wait a minute, there's some huge scandal there, right? Somebody from the R&B rap world, it's their ex-girlfriend or wife, and like, he keeps threatening Russell. That sounds about right. And it's somebody, fa- like the future or something. Completely Maybe it's libelous. That, the past. I better look that up. So, uh, in the face. That's your gridiron update. Ciara, future. I think we got him. Dude, we got him right. We're not that old. I said Ciara. That's impressive. And I said the future. We. Well, this is the future. Millennials. 
All one, 2016. Oh Mark. my God! I don't. We got this. This, this man love we have for Bronners is uh, only growing. I think it's more of a brother and sister love, personally. It is. It's an all one world love. Mm-hmm. It's a weird universal spirit name love that we're about to get to. Okay. I don't know if we covered it last year, but they've started kick off their private company. Family we did, owned. We talked about this on a their annual episode. report, which turns the annual report on its face. Yep. It's almost like a it's like in the face for annual face. reports. It's almost like an like an art installation. Dr. Bronner's all one report just came out for 2016, is a collection of writings by company leadership and staff providing information on our progressive business practices and sustainability programs, our commitment to organic and fair trade sourcing, as well as our future sustainability goals. And I like that me, a collection of writing. Let me read to you how it begins. Please do. Sisters and brothers of Spaceship Earth, good things shaking all over the globe. Work, love, fight to make best soap piece Earth. Climate is changing. Mother Earth is calling. Friends, enemies, young, old, meek, brave, children of Abraham, Israel, Bahwala. Do you know how to say that? Bahwala. You don't know how to say that. Bahwala. Moses, Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad. Unite. Get done. Fear not, for we're all one. Fuck yeah, we're all one. That's, there you go. I'm just imagining Warren Buffett picking up that annual report and just might have his own cardiac event. We read that. Quick aside, I didn't know who Bahuala, 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 so the founder of the Baha'i, Baha'i, God, we should know how to say that, Baha'i faith, Baha'i, Baha'i, he claimed to be the prophetic fulfillment of Babism, a 19th century outgrowth of Shiism, and in a broader sense, what? Yep. Claimed to be a messenger from God, referring to the fulfillment of the eschatological expectations of Islam, Christianity, and other major religions. Taught that humanity is one single race and that the age has come for its unification in a global society. There is only one God, that all of the world's religions are from God, and that now is the time for humanity to recognize its oneness and unite. Agreed. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Um, Can I tell you a story about Uncle Ralph? Sure. Uncle Ralph passed last year, or maybe this year, Uncle Ralph Bronner. But I thought you'd like this story about how he, in the early days, he's revered at the company. I think he ran the company for a while. Now it's run... I remember that from... Did I watch a documentary? I met Uncle Ralph. Did you? At one of these trade shows. He was in a wheelchair at the time. So you you had to stoop to grab his nipple? Meeting with customers, the way... The Uncle Ralph way meant loading up his minivan with soap, picking a city, walking into every health store, and playing his guitar for whoever would listen. Oh, I thought it said ukulele. That's why I thought of you. But people would look at him like, who is this guy? But then his charm would take over. He'd ask if they knew the soaps. Tell them it would tingle, especially in the undercarriage. See, I knew this company was after my own health. They, 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 or my own heart. They know about the tingly butthole. Oh. He'd share stories about dad, dad being Dr. Bronner, humanizing Dr. Bronner like nobody could, have everybody laughing, crying, embracing him by the end, and then he'd go on to the next store. Man, Ralph. Ralph. Let's, let's get a little more Ralph in us. Everybody needs more Ralph. They, they miss Ralph. It's a, it's, a, it's a touching homage to Ralph in some of this report. Um, what else did I learn from this report? They're badasses, but we've talked about that with all their wage policies. and We have. 
Yeah. So they did say this, at a personal level, we can choose a regenitarian diet based on regenerative organic farming. Interesting. See if that word catches on. And then this is an example. They have a monthly breakdown of how they sort of contribute to progressive causes and shake things up. Mm -hmm. In November, Dr. Bronner's contributes funding and staff to organize Catharsis, a drug war vigil and all-night rave by the Washington Monument to honor and grieve all the souls lost to the out-of-control war on drugs. It's a wise thing. See, that's like anyone who writes Bronner's off as hippies, they're just lazy. They don't get it. Like, yeah, they don't quite get it. They're actually out there trying to make the world better, well, leading by example. That you, I link in the, in the document, you get the document that we are referring to as we make this show by signing up for the newsletter once a week. Sign up for that motherfucking newsletter, <laughs> as Mark would say. Hi at Natch.is, 303-548-6877. You text the Soundhawk, you will be on the newsletter before you can say, I just text the Soundhawk. Before that tingle wears off. Absolutely. Hey. Speaking of tingle. It's time. I'm excited. I've missed the book club. I know. You got the book. Hey, that's a good start. I got the book. Joan Didion, The Year of Magical Thinking. Oh, shit. I read it, but I read it a while ago, but I took notes. Feel good, beachy summer read. Not quite. Not quite. No. This is an amazing book, though, so far. So we've read two... I've read more. We're talking about the first two chapters. Yeah. You've read on. I got excited. I took notes here. Ooh. I got some notes, too. Let me see. Hmm. You want to set it up, Mark? Talk a little bit about... The, uh, what this book's about? Well, we open in Medias Res. I could just do this. From one of America's iconic writers, a <sighs> stunning book of electric honesty and passion. Joan Didion explores an intensely personal yet universal experience, a portrait of marriage, and a life in good times and bad that will speak to anyone who has ever loved a husband or wife or child. So this is about the passing of her husband in 2003, John Gregory Dunn. Himself a famous author. Not long after their daughter, <laughs> their daughter Quintana had fallen ill. So it was, it was a dark period. She will subsequently pass. Yep. After, right as this book is about to be published. Um, 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 well, here, I don't know. I'll just, here's some notes I took. Inside chapter one, I didn't know this. Even the report of the 9-11 Commission opened on this insistently premonitory and yet still dumbstruck narrative note. Tuesday, September 11th, 2001, dawned temperate and nearly cloudless in the eastern United States. Yeah. I'd read that report. Well, what she's commenting on there is that but it's quite when, when you retell a story of death or of some sort of catastrophic event, you're often, you often remark how normal the day was before that. It's just like some sort of connection the human mind makes. Like it was just an ordinary day. And it was for her. It was an ordinary evening. He was having his second scotch. He they was, just had, they were, she was at the dinner table. He was reading. She brought him his scotch. Mm, we should tell that scene where and he. And then she's like in the kitchen or something. He lifts his arm so yeah. he gets frozen with arm raised. And she thinks he's, he's making some sort of weird joke. And he slumps and that's, it and goes then, south from there. Yeah, the paramedics come. Wonder, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, I was not the ideal teller of this story. Something about my version had been at once too offhand and too elliptical. Oh. I wrote that that's my grief response as well. Off I think this is an elliptical. Is in reference to the. So this happens in their New York apartment, and the paramedics come in. They, sp- they spend what she thinks is what, 10, 15 minutes, turns out to be 45. Yeah. In the apartment, there's blood on the carpet. 
which she assumes is from when he hit his head slumping and falling. Um, And then they have a cleaning person. Jose. I'm looking at it. I believe you. Who comes in the next morning and she was unable to convey to him in the way she did it, what had happened. Yeah. And that this man had died. It was offhand and too elliptical. And I said, that's kind of a, a common... I don't know. That's when I... Well, she talks about, like, when she when she hears people recounting what happened, she realizes that it's from her account of it, but she doesn't remember giving right. it. Right. Doesn't remember telling them. And then she says, another reason I knew that the story had come from me was that no version I heard included the details I could not yet face. For example, the blood on the living room floor that stayed there until Jose came in the next morning and cleaned it up. Which was evocative for me because... When my dad passed, mm. he had a heart attack when he was 65. And I don't know. I think he was in his apartment for like a day or something before mm. he was found. Living so there then, alone. Uh, alone, yes. He lived alone. Uh, I, I called his neighbor. What was his neighbor's name? His, his neighbor was a one-legged chef. He had lost his leg to a staph infection. He was cleaning something on his house and fell off a ladder and broke his leg. And at some point during an operation, he got a staph infection. He yeah. lost his leg. He wrote a cookbook. I have his cookbook somewhere. What is, what is his name? Life, man. I don't get I know. life. Life is weird, dude. But he was a really, really sweet nice. guy. And I called him looking for my dad. And he assumed I'd already heard. And he said, like, oh, I'm so sorry about your dad. And I said, oh, what? what? He said, oh. He's like, well, yeah, I was wondering why you, how you knew so fast. Like, he had just been over there and found him. So when, by the time... I got to my dad's apartment. Like he was gone, but there was uh, it's a David Lynch movie. There was about a tennis ball size spot of blood on on mm. the floor in his bedroom. So I could see that he had gotten out of bed. What had oh. a heart attack and then did a face plant. Like he died immediately. Where did, so? But in a heart attack, the blood comes from something else. It's not from the heart attack, right? I think he broke his nose. Yeah, fell some sort and of fall. Right? Slammed his face. It was like blood that had poured out of his face. But looking like. <sighs> That was the one detail that was that made the whole thing a little too intense for me. I don't get it. You try to live a good life. Freak accident, break your leg, lose your leg. You're just sitting there having a scotch. I mean, I guess, how old was John Gregory Dunn, though? He's no spring chicken. I think he was probably about my dad's age, actually. I mean, it's at what age does it become like, okay... Well, he had a heart attack. He was drinking. <laughs> yeah. My dad was drinking. That makes that's okay. I can I can handle that information. My dad was drinking about a fifth of scotch every oh, day. That makes it easier to process. And had taken up smoking again. So good combo. It was not a huge surprise, but it was still sad. Um, I made a few notes in here about connection to. Thanks for sharing that story. Sure, I've got more. <laughs> sure. Um, I had shades of uh, Foster Wallace and shades of Saunders in here. Did you? Which makes me think of, oh, remember those How to Live series we did? Those three, I think we should do the fourth one, remember? Uh, was it the fourth or the third? No, we did Foster Wallace, then we did oh, Wendell yeah, Berry, yeah. and then we fourth. did George Saunders. Should George Saunders was tough. Should we tease it out? Should we know who the fourth is. Do we, we do. share it now or do we wait? Well, let's drop it. How about a hint? Her uh, child. Head in a box. Is the apple of her eye. <clears throat> Well, here, I put this note about Foster Wallace. His big point being the mundanity. You just, the hardest thing is to... Oh, you know what it is? It's the flickering of the fire. That's I like the it, extra though. sound. Yeah. It's fine. I'm just... It brings warmth. This is like... We need warmth. This is a chilling... Chilling tale. The mundanity of life, getting through just is going to mundacity? the... Mundacity? Mundacity is to lie. Is it mundacity? 
Mendacity. I said mundacity. Is that not a word? Incorrect. (laughs) It's correct, not a word. Hey, we're all learning something. Um, Okay, good. We're being gentler. So far, so good on this episode. You would have ripped into me for that. uh, (laughs) We're not taking the low-hanging fruit. For not knowing that word that was... You already remarked upon this, just how it's just everyday stuff, right? Um, The day before 9-11, or what? The day it was just an ordinary day. Well, that's that's one of the things that people often tragedy strikes on begin just, a story like that with. Yes. It's like, oh, it was an ordinary day. It was not an only ordinary does, evening. Not only does tragedy strike on just an ordinary moment, but you can find bliss in the eternal spirit of greatness. That's right, Ralph. Buying Ralph, <laughs> yeah, buying uh, groceries or listening to somebody strum their guitar and talk about soap. In the midst of life, we are in death. Episcopalians say at the graveside. I just underlined that. Oh, okay. I was raised Episcopalian. I liked, I liked. It seems to me it's more like life is for the living. As opposed to in the midst of life, we are in death. There's some sort of struggle no, there in the between midst those of life, two we are idioms. Have you ever read any Carlos Castaneda? I have. Uh, no. He's, he was uh, an anthropologist, I think, who spent a bunch of time. He was a bunch of drugs, right? Well, no, it's not. I mean, that's you, why ki- a lot of kids read it in college, but it's a good book. He was, like, he was doing serious research. He spent years living with a shaman named Don Juan. And yeah, there's this amazing story where he like eats peyote yeah. and then he can't totally remember what happened and Don Juan is laughing and he tells him that like he was lying down on the ground freaking out and the dog came over and peed on him and that Carlos Castaneda then spent about 45 minutes tracking and chasing the dog around the yard until he finally cornered the dog and then he peed on the dog. <laughs> Ooh, I like that story. But the more, the more uh, profound thing that comes up in that book is Don Juan is always talking about how death is always with you, I think, over your left shoulder. Like, mm. death is always there. No matter what you're doing, death is always there. And so I think the lesson there is like... It's buzzing in your left ear. I told you. <laughs> the aliens know it, too. No, but the death is there. But, it, but why... I think his attitude is to embrace its presence. Absol- and just make, absolutely. Make sure in every moment you are ready for the fullness of life or the inevitability of death. Oh, look at that. That came out of me. That's Mr. Mundacity. I fucking here's a little tip for you too. That's good. And I'll bring it down to the forty. Now that you're in your forties, part of just I just have a few extra years of wisdom to give you. Part um, away. Um, well, hey, let's everybody take a moment and thank Josh for powering through this episode, even though his tinnitus is flared up. Well, it's morphed now. When I talk, and especially when I when I have my headphones on and I'm monitoring myself, like my voice, certain. Triggers it. Frequencies in my voice like causes the tinnitus to start vibrating and ringing like a little fucking Christmas bell. This is a long-standing problem for Josh. He feels like he's been impregnated by aliens. That's not going to help him medically. But hey, but Wally's homeopathic ear oil, and I got this these like little herb capsules that I've taken six a day to try and oh boy knock out the tinnitus. <laughs> the, so next uh, week herbs, you might be in the herbs uh, and roots. ICU. Remember that last. Uh, Huh? No, I mean it's just lead pills. Taking some lead pills? No, no, no. They're they're good. And and the, <laughs> good. I'll show them to you. I'll show them to you. Okay. Here's but, my advice: radical acceptance. I'm. That's what I'm doing, man. I'm accepting yeah. this. Except, it is so fucking irritating. You don't change your life. You don't not do things. You, 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 and you don't attach to it. If you fuse with the problem or the pain, hold. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Whole new situation. So it's like keep a nice passive <clears throat> distance from it. Like, oh, yeah, I can Kinda see Kind of like it. with death. Like death over your shoulder. But you here's the thing. There. Here's how you I'm... You don't in- deny it. You don't deny it. But you, you want- accept it. I'm embracing... If you start fighting oh. that, 
Tinnitus is one of those stress, old age things. It'll just lock in on you. Like, oh, fuck, I can't shake it. Then you'll start to get anxious about it, and then you'll be me. No, when it wakes me up in the middle of the night, if I lay there and think about it, it I can. it's like I can trigger it to get louder and Hell yeah, more resonant. That's the kind of, that's it. Yeah, but listen to this. Did that happen in your 30s? I don't know. None of that shit happened in your 20s or 30s. Now there's all this stuff. What the hell? Now there's all this stuff that's like, if I think about it, it gets worse. What is that? What the fuck? As a, as a podcaster and... Mm. The podcaster sort who got of, tinnitus. Sort of sound engineer. I'm writing that short story right here's now how I'm embracing, as we speak. Here's how I'm embracing it, though. It allows me to pick up on annoying frequencies mm. in audio. I can tell when there's too much mid because it makes my <laughs> fucking head want to explode. There's never too much mid. Oh, no. The, when there's too much mid. <laughs> and I assume. Oh, sorry. Did I peek out that monitor? No, this is a case. This, this is crashed a, our monitor. You caught it early, too, with your alien sense. This is a case in which I need whatever it is I think or believe to be penetrable, if only for myself. That's how she closes chapter one, how she's beginning to slip into um, this magical thinking, what's going to become her year of magical thinking. And I found a lot of Saunders in that, a kindness, being willing to get penetrated. I like that she's a real reporter. Like, she has a reporter's mind about everything, because they're talking about, she learned later that uh, doctors dread asking yeah. people if, about the autopsy of their loved one. And when they asked her, she was like excited in a weird way. What does she say? I actively wanted an autopsy, even though I had seen some in the course of doing research. I knew exactly what occurs. The chest opened like a chicken in a butcher's case. The face peeled down the scale in which the organs are weighed. What's I had the- seen homicide detectives avert their eyes from an aut- autopsy in progress. I still wanted one. I needed to know how and why and when it happened. In fact, I wanted to be in the room when they did it. I'd watched other autopsies with John. I owed him his own. It was fixed in my mind at the moment that he would be in the room if I were on the table. But I did not trust myself to rationally present the point, so I did not speak. Like, that is a nimble mind doing a lot of things in a great. moment of grief. I feel, I, I, a lot of times you, just, you put yourself in your shoes and you're like, oh, yeah, I think I'd be like, yeah, do the autopsy. I didn't know about the face peeling. That's a little... Yeah, well, Mac- that she wants macabre. to be there to watch. I can, I can, I can it's understand tough. that. Although I, I, I could handle it because we were not. Fort- you were a butcher. We were not. Well, there's that. I was apprentice butcher. We were not fortunate enough to have um, uh, vaginal births. <laughs> oh, so you got to see the stomach lining? No, split. Because yeah, so we ended up with these two C sections, and the first one, this is Harper. I mean, they put, you don't know that they put a sheet up like midway across the lady and you're up mm-hmm. there by the head I'm talking gonna get, to I'm going to get queasy when you tell the story. I already and, know. And like, they obviously make an incision to perform this process, but that, come on. <sighs> hey dad, do you want to see the baby? Sure. They're holding the baby up. I look over the curtain. She's still open. She's like gutted. The incision is, oh, Jesus. It's covered like Fuck. the whole belly's covered with like this yellow okay. iodine no, to keep no, to no, sterilize no. it. Okay. I got it. I got it. Not okay. It's like, hey guys. Clearly, I'm not ready for hey an guys, autopsy. I can I can see the baby over there by the uh, yeah, cutting the cord place. Hold it up above the curtain, <laughs> not behind it. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that. Uh, here, here, I got a here. I, this is bad. Um, the, here's the note. Well, here now, read what oh, she okay. says. I have no idea which subject. This is the moment. The subject we were on, the Scotch or World War One. at the instant he stopped talking. I only remember looking up. His left hand was raised and he was slumped motionless. At first I thought he was making a failed joke, an attempt to make the difficulty of the day seem manageable. I remember saying, don't do that. That 
is the moment. Think about that. That, I think it's harder, it's easier to die than to be the one that sees that moment with someone you've loved your whole life. Absolutely. Think about your... <laughs> no, I'd rather... <laughs> well, as I think you know... That's, t- that's tough. The... I, I think that might be the strongest you have to be in your life. Yeah. Do you have what it takes? I mean, I've watched... Top Gun. I've watched a close friend die. Oh, that's sucked. true. You, yeah, I don't have that experience. I mean, you know from the, the teleplay or whatever it's I've been working on... It's not your wife, on, though. But no, but it was. I do know it was my. It was the object of my obsessive affection during high school. Her name was Rebecca, and then we dated off and on for years. But we were extremely close friends. She she was in a terrible motorcycle accident. Uh, had to be in a halo for a while, uh, and then once she got out of the halo, found a lump in her lymph node, and self-diagnosed. She's like, "Oh, I have fucking cancer." <laughs> That's how she was. And me and all my friends said, no way. There's no way you have fucking cancer. You just like got, you just survived this terrible motorcycle accident that no one thought, like the police report said you'd be dead. Like you can't have fucking cancer. I just found a lymph node. She went in and got a biopsy and she had stage three Hodgkin's, I think. And they gave her two, they gave her eight rounds of chemo. Oh. So yeah. Oh my so God. So watched right, her this... go through all that. And then she got. Is anybody listening? Oh. She got very ill oh. and died of pneumonia. But what there's something I can remember uh, her dad like the I woke up one morning about 30 seconds before the phone started ringing. Uh oh, premonition. I'd been at at the hospital the night before, and she'd been she was basically in a coma. But then the phone rang, and I knew that she had died. And I went and answered the phone, and it was her dad. And he said that you know we've lost Rebecca, and I I blurted out, "Are you fucking kidding me?" (laughs) Which was not. Maybe the most sensitive thing. Oh, it's an authentic response. But yeah. And so anyway, and then he talked right here. This page 27. She says, grief is different. Grief has no distance. Grief comes in waves, paroxysms, mm. sudden apprehensions that weaken the knees and blind the eyes and obliterate the dailiness of life. I, I, I boxed each one of those words. I was like, yep. Because that's how it was. It was like waves. Like I would feel nothing. She does talk about the waves. I'd spend like... Big portions of the day feeling nothing about it. And then you, uh, you start to feel bad. Why am I not feeling more? And then you try and make yourself feel worse and you don't. But then my, my boy Courtney, right after she died. he Kegels! Pl- yeah. He played Neutral Milk Hotels in the airplane over the sea for oh. me. I'd never heard that album. He's like, dude, you're going to love this. He pressed play. And like before he even started singing, I was like, dude, go to the record store right now. I need, and I, I needed to buy it. I knew I needed to buy it. Before I even heard it. And so then I bought it and I listened to it nonstop for like six months. And every time I'd listen to it, I'd get so emotional and I'd sometimes weep. That's a good grief record. It was amazing. It saved me. Now, later after that, those little moments of grief, look at this on page 28. Tightness in the throat. Choking. Need for sighing. Mm -hmm. I just put next to it then, oh, I am grief. Because of your sorghums? (laughs) That's what I, I don't have sorghums. I have grief. (laughs) All right. What are we going to do next week? I can't take any more. Okay. Three. We're going to do chapters three. How much can you handle? Three and four? Yeah. Three and four. Oh, wait, wait. Four looks long. Okay. Three and four. No more. Three and four. Keep up, everybody. And we're just going to linger on the subject of death for a few more minutes. Because just yesterday, uh, professional skateboarder Dylan Reeder, who was 28, died after... uh, Is this the one who dated Cat Power? No, no, no. That's Kevin Spanky Long. Dylan Reeder... 
was a mysterious dude. He'd been skating since he was nine. And for a lot of that time, he looked like just kind of an anonymous skate rap. But then as he got older, he really kind of came into his own and became like this fashion icon within the skate industry and outside of it too. He'd modeled in some DKNY campaigns recently with Carla Devigny. But seriously, probably one of the, definitely one of the best skateboarders of the past, present, or future. The dude was fucking amazing. So I put a I put a Vimeo clip in the dock. It's from a video. He released a shoe with this company, Gravis, that no longer really makes skate shoes. Um, back in 2010, and this they put out this video just called Dylan. Dylan. And it's it's uh, he's done really good skateboarding since this video. But uh, I mean, it's universally agreed on. This is like one of the finest pieces of skateboarding recorded. Mm. Or assemblage of whatever moments. I'll watch it for my education. Your education, because it's fucking amazing. Shit, I always get that wrong. But these shoes that he put out. He's very pretty. Yeah, he's (laughs) he's prettier than most women. But uh, (laughs) but he's a fucking beast. And if if this guy, did he? Did we know he was sick? You could tell on some of the Instagram pictures that he was. He like looked sick. But but it wasn't commonly known. No. Did he? Was he? Was he Bowie? He kept it quiet. I think so. The skateboard ins industry kind of is protective in that way too. Like I sent you that article about Brian Anderson, the professional skateboarder who came out open as being gay. They did a vice video. He it was written about in the New York times and he was like one of the most widely respected, or he is one of the most widely respected skaters in the world. So him coming out was like a big deal yeah, because it forced homophobic skaters of which they're, whoa, unfortunately are many to kind of confront that in the same way. Like I, I, someone told me like 10 years ago when I was writing for skateboard, magazines like i heard the rumor that brian anderson was gay but but no one really ever talked about it there were people that knew but they kept it a secret because he wanted to if your teleplay is any indication i'm sure that was fodder for all sorts of grungy dialogue what i don't know (laughs) there's no homophobia in my teleplay i don't think there is any no there's no there's not you're right it's just the these girls who are the main characters just happen to call their male friends queers all the time. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff like that. that. That's just real. That's just how they talk. Dirt bags. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, Dylan, I think, was probably sick for a while, but you didn't hear a lot about it. But there were some pictures on Instagram where he looked really frail. I'd say rips, but that's not, that's what the, uh, that's what the uh, yeah, dude guys say. Well, they say ride in peace. I've heard that a lot. Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne commented i think i put that quote oh, ride in peace okay yeah. let's do that but back when that video came out in 2010 he released these shoes these signature skate shoes and I'm, i've got a pair on right now Jesus. the ox blood Is that why you're wearing colorway those? but th- these were a very divisive shoe because they kind of look like weird little smoking dress slippers they're they don't look good no they're beautiful shoes and when they came out they rocked the skate world everyone was so floored by it. Rock the skate world. It doesn't. It takes weird things to rock the skate world, but I guarantee you, this is one of them. It was very divisive. People thought they were like super whack, you might say. Yeah, I do say. But I, uh, I used to write skateboard reviews for a magazine or product reviews, so I got a pair of these and skated around them, and they were these are like the best skate shoes I've ever had. Like once they broke in and got real grippy, they would streak my skateboard red as I ollied, and like they, be, it felt like I was skating barefoot. I've done some of my finest skateboarding in these shoes, and so, for many reasons, I am very sad to hear that he passed away. I'm sad for you. Can you give me some music to lighten lighten the mood? I can, but I just want to say I was talking about my friend Rebecca too. Like, okay. 
I'm just thinking of his friends and family right now because I've mm. seen what that's like to watch someone like that young, you know, still full of very much uh, a lot of raw potential and things. Yeah, 28. Like just, just fight something and lose, and it doesn't make any fucking sense, and it's it fucking sucks. All right, just fuck. So I got some music for us from L.A. Salami. <laughs> okay, better. Oh, it's a beautiful song. The song is... I feel a little better just right already. Just the album that. is called Dancing with Bad Grammar, the director's cut. What's the song called? I put it in the doc. Day to day for six days a week. And before that, though, I have a little bit of audio from an interview uh, that our buddy Chris Narotko did with Dylan Reader uh, like two years ago. And when it starts, he's talking about his friends Jason Dill and Anthony Van Englen, who are both also very beastly, very artistic, very idiosyncratic, stylish skateboarders. And they, he left Alien Workshop, which is this very established company, to go ride for with his friends on their new company called Fucking Awesome. And he's just kind of talking about how he feels about the skateboard industry. And I think there are kind of some parallels for any industry, especially like the podcast industry, another fertile industry that's getting a lot of attention right now. All right, stick with us. After so, the interlude, we'll be back with the food news. Eventually. Eventually, eventually. Oh, God, are we doing this thing where we're waiting for it to start? Well, it's easier just than put it, Just move here it, it goes, up. Here it goes. I love their whole take on, like, what they're doing, you know. It's a company now that <clears throat> I think skateboarding needs. They're fucking, they make what they want. They don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. And there's no censorship, you know. And I think skateboarding needs that now. And what they're doing is exactly, like, I think what it used to be back in the day, you know. Not giving a fuck about what fucking graphics you put out there, you know, piss people off, make people upset, people, like, make people talk. Like, I think that whole kind of vibe of skateboarding needs to come back, and I think it is, you know. I think now is the time where skateboarding needs a transition. Like, it's, it's, the, the boiling points hit, man. Like, I appreciate everything that you know, Adidas and Nike and all these big companies do for skateboarding and, you know, they pay some of these dudes like really fucking well money where they're going to be fucking retiring off it. But like, how long is that going to last? They're just going to be in skateboarding until skateboarding is not cool anymore. And then, then what is it? You know, I think now is the time to be supporting fucking skateboarding companies. Took the bus, took the train, went to work, ignored the pain What a rainy day, unfriendly faces, got dragged around all types of places Closed my eyes, smelt your hair, looked around but you weren't there Had some lunch, jacket potatoes, chicken wings and fried tomatoes After that, lit a fag, said a prayer and took a drag These days I toast, never do combust so much I'd burn for the both of us though Second day, second job Passing thought for the world to stop Shoes are too tight, feet are aching Cold and sick, but I was faking When I do go, I am late Always make the same mistake That mistake, being not caring Six days a week 
can't find my bearings But to be fair, I might have cared Might have cared if you were there Might have cared if you were there Might have cared if you were there Stressed as hell, fatigued as fuck Putrid passion, rotten luck Work to death, jumping at the bit Crazed as Christ and broke as shit Watched the news, someone died Saw the mother, teary-eyed Sunshot dead on the wharf road I thank God, no one I know I went to work for the NHS Mental health, people depressed Met Joanne, scared of living Afraid of dying, terrified of being Then met Paul, schizophrenic Shaken limbs, paranoid fanatic Unwashed ten days in a row So afraid, almost paralytic I tell them that I do the same In certain moods, on certain days But despite the sane ways I could think I could not do much to convince them Back to base, had a meeting Tickets die a week cause their parents beat them I wish I could say I was surprised The news just choose which ones to highlight Choose which ones to highlight Took the DLR, took the tube, read a book, nothing else to do Read Jill Hicks, she survived the bombings, wrote a book, made a killing I read somewhere that some lost their legs, I'm teen injured, 52 dead In some places far away, that shit happens every day Now scared of buses, scared of trains, but got to get to work some way So I play with my life, you could say don't we all, don't we all Don't we all, don't we all I got a gig, got myself booked Just down the road when it got juked I get to sing my joys and sorrows Not made it yet, maybe tomorrow I closed my eyes, saw your face Looked around, you were no place I feel so left out when you're not around I feel so left out when you're not around But you are time and I am life And time's a tyrant unto strife And strife's the type of life I seem to lead And time won't heal this wound easily Take your light, your shadowed passions I hear your talk, I see your actions What I don't see are your eyes Those flaming symbols of the night was that your skin that I saw on the road, my ruin wore? Were you wearing that paisley I adore? Were you hatred? Were you lust? You understand this, cause you must That men have the consistencies of love and war through history I must see you, I must know Did you falter? Did you go? 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 Did you go?
that you go This is the eventually part of the podcast, Food News Eventually. Did you hear this, though? I'm listening to that wonderful song, and I'm thinking of Bob Dylan winning winning the Nobel Prize in Literature. I did not hear that. He won the Nobel Prize today. That's amazing. Joining the ranks of T.S. Eliot, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Samuel Beckett, Tony Morrison, Bob Dylan. Well-deserved. I swear, like, songs like that, not, but they, they can't be, like, contrived. I think that dude's the real deal. He's the real deal. But like when I hear like Bob Dylan songs, like guitar and harmonica and like introspective, poetic, observational lyrics like that, man, I like I start to want to cry even when I don't already want to cry because we're talking about sad shit. (laughs) I did forget to mention though. But there's beauty in that. It makes me optimistic. It makes me hope that this is not a lump in your neck. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I forgot to mention though when I was talking about these wonderful shoes. The the review of them that I wrote for King Shit Skate Magazine was hailed. In Rad Collector as, hold on. Is that this other link? Yeah. Oh boy, I got it. (laughs) What do they call it? Open it and see. Yeah, here it is. What do you want to know? One of the best shoe reviews we've ever read. Oh, yeah. It's called The Shoes Are Alive. It's about a dream I had where I had these like meat shoes that were alive. like With a little figure. This This is in this house. That's yeah. your kitchen counter. Yeah. Uh, but this, this article no longer exists on King Shit. I think they've uh, redone their website three or four times since then. So I reposted it to our blog. It's on the blog if you want to read it. Oh. It's a really good shoe review. I, got, I was rereading it today. I'm like, man, I used to know how to write. Good. Get that blog going again. I'm excited. There is. There's a shoe review from 2010 <laughs> on there right now. We'll kick a tweet out. All right. But once again, Food respect. News. Respect. Oh, you already missed on the style guy. That's all right. I'll fix We're it. We're not supposed to say respect? No, I'm looking at the blog post now. Go ahead. I didn't miss it. It's two lines, the intro, and the picture's right. It, title case. You get the all cap there. Oh, well, that no, but that's how it, the original article was titled. So, Go ahead. Get to the news. We only have two stories this week. Food news. Man, this mic is falling apart. Uh... So researchers explore Martian farming. Uh-oh. This article was written by a robot in the newsroom at the Florida Institute of Technology. Little more than a year after the Buzz Aldrin Space Institute opened at Florida Tech with the overarching mission to get humans to Mars, this horticultural research will attempt to address one of the most critical issues facing the first Martian settlers. How to Grow Food on a Cold and Toxic World. I still haven't seen Matt Damon in The Martian. Does he answer this question? He does. I mean, that was going to be my joke for the end of this, so thanks for ruining my punchline. Hey, hey. No, 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 no. Yeah, he figures out how to grow food. He creates like a little greenhouse. I forget how he warms it. It's this little tent. And then he uses his own shit to fertilize the soil and get it ready to grow potatoes. So he eats nothing but potatoes for however long. This was the problem we were talking about. 
I'm I'm paying attention. You're I'm not fiddling with the Google Doc. You're, I'm you're looking at the cat. Well, and proof that I'm not doing anything other than paying attention to you is that I just took your punchline because I don't know where this is going. Okay. I'm here. Yeah, but uh, so this so kind of already happened. we got to go to Mars. we got to figure out how to feed ourselves. The, the Martian's a really good movie, though. You should watch it. Okay. So this garden is in its infant stage. Uh, and here's here's a little bit. Tell of me about the garden. Why? So Drew Palmer, an assistant professor of biological sciences, Brooke Wheeler, an assistant professor at the College of Aeronautics, Brooke's good. and astrobiology majors from the Department of Physics and Space Sciences are growing outrageous lettuce. Outrageous, outrageous. It's a variety of red romaine in different settings. So they've got some earth soil, an analog Martian surface material known as a regolith. A regolith. Regolith stimulant Ow. and regolith stimulant with nutrients added. To find the magic formula for the type and amount of nutrients needed to grow a plant in inhospitable Martian dirt. So they got a little control test. Wait a minute, so they got a special lettuce and some special dirt. material. They got some earth dirt and then they got some, some goth shit. <laughs> okay. And this is going to simulate the conditions on Mars. Yeah. Okay, great. But, quote, we won't have... This is urgent news. We need to get to Mars. And we have to get the right regolith right. Wait, we have to get the regolith right, or anything we do won't be valid. Said Andy Aldrin. Is he related to Buzz he Aldrin? Must be He's got to be director. He's the, the director. Air. He's the director of the Buzz Aldrin Space Institute. That's like what's happened to me at Tyson Chicken. Father son. That's right, Andy. Good one on you. All right. So this Martian regolith contains no helpful oh. organic matter and has fewer mineral plant, minerals plants need for food, so there's no phosphates or nitrates. So we know about the dirt up there. Yeah, we know that it has no phosphates or nitrates. And it's not good for growing. Can't grow without phosphates or nitrates. Peak. And it also is, uh, in its Peak. pure state, it's harmful for, for plants and humans because it has a high chlorine content. Ooh. There's some tricky hurdles, right? Yeah, they you sure need, are. You need Matt Damon. We need you somebody need, to figure this out. What are they going to do? A goodwill hunting brain on this shit. Uh, well... The current Mars regolith stimulant, or simulant, <laughs> stimulant, isn't perfect until a real sample of Mars dirt comes back well, to Earth, okay. which could happen on a mission estimated to be at least 15 years from now. Florida Tech researchers will spend the next year trying to create an accurate regolith analog by applying chemical sensing data from the All Mars right. rovers. So All they've right. got a bridge. They need real, real Martian soil. Well, yeah. It they sounds got a bridge. Like it sounds like they're like... They want to get it done, and like let's put our brains on it. But yeah. then they know we really need to get some. We dirt can only back. get so far without some real. Dirt. We got to get. Some Here's dirt what back. you do, though. Here's why this works. What? You get some of this stuff going in the lab that you think will work, and then when you send that expedition up there to gather the real dirt, take you it. take the samples and have a robot plant them. And then it just spreads like the plague and ruins Mars. Wouldn't that be insane? If by the time they got back to Earth, Mars was already green, and they were like <laughs> humans, <laughs> like what up? I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, is that paleo? You get back on that ship. I'll tell you what, though. This studio shit needs to take off, or we're not going to be able to afford to send our great-grandchildren to Mars when the time <laughs> comes. And that is a fucking priority, because we don't want a bunch of Peter Thiel assholes colonizing Mars. We oh, need some God. fucking podcasting blood up there on Mars. <laughs> right, Mark? If we want to have a chance. Yep. Yeah, don't give it to them. Send Matt Damon. I'm fine with that. I'm not very harmonious with them. I don't want them on Mars. With Peter Thiel? Any of the fix the world with out-of-touch technology. You know who I want up there? Who? Progeny of fucking Crazy Fox. I want some Bronners up there. I want Bronners on Mars. I I want Bronners first. Bronners should be, once we've determined that it's safe, I want the Bronners up there, 
They get first dibs. Growing some organic hemp. produce. Hemp. And washing some tingly nuts. Foam baths. Foam parties on Mars. Foam parties. That's what it is. All right. One more story. Then we'll let you go. <laughs> it's only been an hour. Soylent. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, we, boy. Oh, boy. They've become emblematic for this future of food, reductive, put it all into nutrients and ingredients and stick it in different formats, and that's all you need to eat. You don't need real food. You don't need to cook it. A little bit of hot water for Soylent. Mm-hmm. Soylent food bars might be making some people throw up. <laughs> that's Nicole Nguyen and Blake Montgomery at BuzzFeed. Let me see. There's a lot of quotes here. This is too many. Uh, Soylent, the company behind the sludgy meal replacement products, is, oh boy, we already got a designed to provide maximum nutrition with minimal effort, first introduced the Soylent Bar in August of this year. We covered that. Since the snack bar's launch, a small number of users have claimed that they experienced, this is in quotes, nausea, vomiting, and or diarrhea mm-hmm. after consuming the bar, which, according to the company, provides 12.5% of daily nutritional requirements. In a statement to BuzzFeed News, Soylent said that after investigating the complaints, it is very confident in the safety of the bars. The company suggests that affected customers consult a doctor before continuing to consume Soylent products. Pretty sure that's already happened. Now, that's just the beginning. Um, they said, so the problem with this for them is that they have such an, it's like Reddit gone mad. They've got such an active fan base that they set up these forums. They're like super detailed. They're tracking in spreadsheets who got sick. The company isn't. The users, the purchasers of the bars, tracking who got sick and when and which the products. Soil enters. And they like are zeroing in on the problem without the company. So Soylent was forced to respond, or maybe they wanted to respond, I shouldn't say. So wait, what did they zero? They were able to figure out it was the bars, basically? Soylent is saying... So wait, are you saying these Soylent Soylent devotees, are these people who are only doing Soylent? That's all they're doing? Well, no, I bet you most of them are having it with other food. No, they're not just strictly Soylent, but they're still getting sick, so... Mm. Not everybody. So, so in Soylent, to Soylent's response is that they think, well, maybe it's the sucralose, which is an artificial sweetener. Mm. It's found commonly in bar products like Quest b- b- Nutrition b- b- bars, bars, Power Bar Sugar Bars. But in Power the Power Bar Sugar Bars? Reduced Sugar Bars. Sugar Bars? <laughs> is that a product? Power Bar Sugar Bar? Uh, there's three times as much sucralose in Soylent as in those products. How many times? Three times. Three times. Maybe that's upsetting certain people's delicate Systems. gastrointestinal balances. But you got people like Railing. Uh, I didn't write down all the Redditor people. They started to track this. 33 members had re- replied to this thread. Um, Soylent said, you know what, guys? Send us the rest of the pack. And then the fuckers at Soylent ate them themselves and said, hey, we're fine. Wow. <laughs> That's ballsy, right? So there's doubling down? Well, they were kind of like, you know, we think people have different responses to soy products or sucralose, and so we just ate them ourselves. <laughs> I'm not sure that really proves anything. but More details emerge about the Soylent food bars making people sick. Eve Pizer, Gizmodo. Wait, is this a breaking news update, Mark? No, not yet. Oh, okay. This is the alert. This was going to be the public service announcement piece of the show, which is... Mm. What does it all mean after all of this drama about Soylent Bars? If you have a food bar with the expiration date July 14, 2017, it might benefit you to throw it away. Um, right as we were hitting record. Right mm. as we were hitting record. Literally, my finger was on the I got mouse pinged. pad. I got pinged by one of my industry insiders. 
the 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 brush inside industry the network. network. Oh yeah, the net spy network. The, the net spy network. I have not digested the article, but I don't really think I have to because the headline is this: It's Elaine Waddy. Waddy, what a at Food Navigator. Soylent recalls bars, but cause of gastrointestinal issues remains a mystery. Soylent has temporary, temporarily halted shipments of its new Soylent bar and reports that a small number of our customers have experienced GI issues after consuming it, but says the cause of the problem remains a mystery. I know what the cause is. Recall. Soylent is people. Oh, boy. People aren't ready for cannibalized diets or cannibalistic well, diets. You're going to get Bill Marler looking at it now. Hey, could you, could you copy some quotes out of that Food Navigator article and throw them in the dock? No, I can't. Oh, why not? Because some Food sort Navigator of... is a pain in the ass. Come on, Food Navigator. That... Waddy, run it up the flagpole there. Let's start a change.org position. saving your content by not letting people copy and paste it. Change.org. Im- you're impeding the good work of journalists like ourselves. That's right. So It's 2016. So know this, you know, that you should let us copy and paste. Good luck to Soylent, I guess. I don't know. At least they're being responsive. There's some humility in here. And there's some Not ballsiness, really. kind of like, too. Nah, just send it. We'll eat it. We'll I, prove it. Well, I liked that. I liked that thing, though. Like, but see, they're, they're used to eating human flesh. So it's kind of like the Princess Bride where the, the Wesley, he can't get sick from the iodine, iacane, iacane powder. I haven't built seen up the movie. Humanity. You haven't seen, seen, you haven't seen the Princess Bride? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I was going to say, what kind of inconceivable, what kind of childhood did you have? <laughs> that one I have seen. What haven't you seen that you thought I was talking Soylent. about? Soylent. What's the movie with the Soylent? The Charlton Heston movie? Yeah. Soylent Green. Soylent Green, I haven't seen that. So t- I haven't seen it either. I just know the end. He's like, Soylent Green is people! Blur! No. Hey. throwing up Soylent bars! So everybody should... Um... Should check the expiration date on their Soylent <laughs> yeah. bars. But aside from that, they should come back for 86. 86 is going to be next week... On Friday, regular time. Show as usual. 87 is going to have a little of uh, our special how to, how to live according to... Somebody. I, I don't know. I'm not... I can't... I'm hesitant to say that it's going to conclude that series. Because no. It's just an ongoing series. How For to now. live. For now. I mean, fuck. We could have had a Joan Didion how to live. But I think it's also going to be... Is. It's also... Is that one... Which one's going to have my, uh, my trip to Escobona? Well, maybe it'll be that episode. Maybe we'll have a special segment, Mark's trip to Escobona. We may have a few. I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the field. Mark's going to be partying at Escobona. I am going to reappear. <laughs> Speaking of foam parties, in the Mark's industry. going to Escobona. I'm going to say hi to Bronner there. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to talk to some people, and I will tape it. And what I'm going to do, I don't know how. I'm I can, record I, it. Tape can I trust dead. Mark to give me an accurate count of how many insider nipples he squeezes? How many, can, what's I, your goal? I can, I can How many think, nipples are you hoping to grab at Escobona, right. Mark? Adam Butler. One. Greg Bagney. Two. Matt Dillon. Oh, I don't think Matt's All right, These are nipples in. you probably already grabbed <laughs> these, are, these are safe nipples. Haven't you already grabbed these nipples? No, I haven't. Huh. They're uh, probably feeling like... Oh, Robbie. Robbie Vitrano. I, it's a peanut butter nipple. I got to grab it. Oh, you're going to grab <laughs> Robbie V's nipple? This is so Trumpian. I feel terrible right now. Stop it. What is man to man? Oh, yeah, just men. <laughs> so it's actually sort of a... It's <laughs> you like, can't harass men. Well, no, it becomes more of like a statement. It's like a... And um, I always ask first. Yeah, you, no, you don't, but it, it's, it's more of a political oh, statement. Oh, God, it's never happened even one time. Well, one time it did. You grabbed Justin Gold's nipple. I never actually grabbed it. Oh, yeah, you got close. That's myth- mythology. You do sound like Trump now. I never actually... No. I got to take a phone call. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. It's been real. See you in a week. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you in a week.